Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ben and Chris Talk Football. I am Chris. With me, as always, is my co-host, Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the NFL. And get right into the Banker Tank review. Yep. And Ben, you had, a, you had a pretty good week. You had the opposite this week as you had last right. week. I went 5-1 and one this week. Yeah, it was really good. That was impressive. Uh, Preston Williams didn't come through for me on Monday Night Football. Shame. But otherwise, all my tanks... Uh, went below their projected totals. Yeah, that was uh, that was a real uh, real Nostradamus move choosing Kyle Allen to flop against the 49ers defense. You know what? I kid, I kid. I picked Christian McCaffrey to do well against the same defense. Right. So I'm not. I'm just joking around. Uh, but he did do well, and as I said, he was the only one who did well. Correct. I went four and one and one. We could debate Freeman. Freeman. I mean, yeah, he. Got over the projected total he was supposed to have. But then when his team needed him most, he fumbled inside the five-yard line and proved once again that he is not the guy they paid for right. and he cannot carry the load for that team. Yeah, it was a mistake. Yeah, and without a Robin, he cannot be Batman. Correct. So, I mean, technically I was wrong and I can own that, but I mean... I, I We'll call it a tie. Yeah, my main argument there was simply... Devonta Freeman cannot be the guy. Right, he was going to do Doesn't something. Happen. He was going to do something not to help the team. And yeah, and he, he did. He did just he succeeded. that. He, yeah, he waited for the perfect moment and was like, "Yeah, this is where I can totally Devonta Freeman this." Good job, Devonta. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, and I do believe they only lost by seven. Oh, I didn't. Pay and they were inside. I believe their final score was twenty-seven to seven. I could be wrong there, but I believe it was. And I mean, I'm not an expert. However, a touchdown can be worth seven points if you have a competent kicker. So he, he may have very well cost his team the game. So he could have. Not a banner day for Mr. Freeman. No, and and it's actually turned into a not a banner year for the New York Jets. Year, decade. You want to go more towards decade? Oh, or we're going to fo- focus on just this. We're going to focus on this. Just year. this year, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to get into the Kaleche Osemele situation. For everyone who's listening at home, he did not just sneeze or have some kind of medical emergency. That's the name of a player. Yeah. He's a, he's a guard for the Jets. Oh, <clears throat> was, <laughs> was, a guard, was a guard for the Jets. Was a guard for the Jets. Uh, they acquired him on waivers this past offseason from the Raiders. They took on his two-year deal that he had left. And they – so there's some murkiness on whether or not he had the injury or not. I mean, everyone knew. When he was picked up off waivers? Yes. Okay. I mean – Reports are that the Jets knew. He knew. He told the Jets. Jets already like everyone knew. Yet the Jets are upset because he wants to get surgery. They want him to shoot up Tordal and brace it, and that's what he's been doing for the first three weeks that he was playing, and he just can't do it. Right. He saw th- two or three opinions, and it took. He was even faxing. The MRIs to the team doctor, and I guess it was. It took three times for them to get it. First time they said they said they didn't get it. The second time they said it was the wrong. It looked good, but it wasn't the right MRI they were looking at. And then finally they looked at it, but they still didn't think he should get surgery. And then when they actually had the surgery this past Friday, because he sta- he his stands was he's going to get the surgery. Regardless if the team approves it or not, he got the surgery. It was found out to be worse than it was actually projected. And then Saturday he got cut. 
first off, I don't know how any team can claim that a player didn't disclose an injury when a team has access to every medical record right. since they're probably in elementary school. And they can do whatever test. I mean, obviously, if the player agrees, whatever test they see fit to make sure a player is 100% or they know the injury going in. So how they can pick this player off waivers and then tell him if he's injured he cannot have surgery is really beyond me, and it just goes to prove what a mess that organization is from the top down. Because there's no, there's no competent organization who's going to look at a player that could be part of your future right? and say, you need surgery, you're doing more damage to yourself by playing, suck it up and play. Like this isn't this isn't the 1950s and 60s where players are going with concussions all the time. You know, this is a more modern era where player safety is taken into consideration far more. And, wh- and, and should be. And what's worse is that the team claims he didn't start complaining about it until after the third game when he was on the verge of losing a starting job. Like, what? Even if that's true, you knew it was a pre-existing condition. So you knew it could it could pop up. You've had two to three doctors say he needs surgery. No, 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 no. Just brace it up and pay, take some painkillers. And then they go in and do the surgery, and they found out it's even worse. But yeah, he's Bra- gonna he's gonna get his his guaranteed money. It's like four four million left on guarantees for the rest of the year. His his next year wasn't guaranteed. It didn't vest or any of that. So he's literally just cut. They pay him out the rest of this year on a one-time payment, and they're done with him. So he'll get he'll rehab wherever he's in a rehab. Maybe someone like the Raiders who know what he is, maybe they pick him back up on a cheaper price, see what he can do. But it's it's just it's just trashy that organization um, that he would do such a thing. I just don't I don't. Even if he came in the system, it still looks bad on the Jets. Yeah, telling an injured player to brace it up and take painkillers for anybody, football player or regular average Joe like you and I, that's a bad idea. If something is wrong, take care of it the appropriate way. Don't put a Band-Aid on it and just pretend it isn't there. That's how you end up with problems. Right. Off-the-field problems. And... I just cannot believe that a professional organization with the level of, of medical talent that they have available to them, that would be their best advice instead of, okay, let's get this fixed the right way, come back next year. You know, whether they had a contract or not, that's just, you know, whatever. But just – it, it's really not, not a good look for the Jets whatsoever. And and, and we, we're going to branch this out to more than just the medical because the front office looks bad now. Yes, not just because of that. I mean, that's on its own. So we have two instances that the front office just completely screwed up and turned this whole thing into an absolute shit show. You have the Monday night against the Patriots where he's mic'd up. And he says on the mic after he's getting picked and just can't see what the Patriots are doing, he says he's seeing ghosts. And they're upset because that got televised. Oh, Sam Darnold. Yeah, Sam Darnold. Yeah. Come on. You mic'd up your franchise quarterback, and you're facing the New England Patriots, who are ranked number one defense in the league. And you don't, you don't think maybe something might go awry? Am I crazy? 
Oh, I mean, yeah, but not for this reason. Uh, okay. There are many other reasons for that. But for this one, you're on the ball. And I think the thing that was that was they make them up because they were hoping for a big moment. Right. They had just saw what Sam Darnold and the Jets offense had done to the the stumbling Dallas Cowboys. Right. And they figured, man, if we got this guy mic'd up, his second game back, he goes in and beats Dallas, and then he beats the Patriots, we're going to catch a big moment here. Right. And what they caught was a reality check of a young player with a second game back from being very ill, not prepared for what was coming at him. Oh, he was not prepared at all. At all. Neither was the coach. No, and that's on the coach. Yeah, that's on the coach. That's on the coach. Darnold is only a second-year player, came back from being sick, second game back. First game was like a victory lap because whatever magic the Dallas Cowboys had working in the first three games and then the last game they played you for their bye was non-existent during that three-game losing streak. And that was a a very poor representation of what this Jets offense would look like. Even though they would look good, that's not what they are. And everybody from whoever's in charge of making them up to the Jets to everyone involved in the whole situation let Sam Darnold and left him out to dry. I, I think ESPN would be professionally irresponsible if they held that content back. Yeah, because that's why they make players up to hear those kind of things. Right. You hear goofy and random stuff all the time. And you're gonna you're gonna complain because your quarterback got caught on the mic saying you're seeing he's seeing ghosts. You should be mad at your coach for not preparing your player and mad at whoever, you know, your media advisors are for, for the New York Jets and telling him, Hey look, you're being mic'd up, you say anything dumb, you say anything goofy, you say anything out of you know, out of character, out of context. You're mic'd up the entire country and a lot of the world right. are going to see this. Yeah. And they didn't do that. Just mic up somebody else. God. Not that yeah, hard. Mic up a veteran defensive player. Mic up an offensive lineman. I'm not even saying don't even mic up Bell because Bell would be possibly too close to Darnold where we can still hear something. Right. Mic up Adams or a special teamer. Adams would be a perfect one to mic up. Oh, absolutely. He's got character. He's got social media savvy. And he wants to be there. He wants to be there. But here's my question. Why do you say it like that, Ben? Does the team not want him there? Apparently, today, there was tons of rumors swirling that not only Adams was on the block, Le'Veon Bell was on the block. Which is just insane to me because they just spent all that money yeah. And all the dead cap space that would result yep. from him being traded. Yep. And in in Jamal Adams is on his third season. So now so incredibly you're gonna, talented. You're gonna trade uh, uh probably the one of the top safeties in the league halfway through his third season, still has a fourth season, and then you have the fifth year option. Now you could you get a haul for him? Yeah, you can get a Jalen Ramsey type of haul. But he wants to be there. He actually stated after the rumors came out that he was on the block, he stated, this is not me going to the team. I want to be here. And he even went out and said he had a meeting last week with the, with the GM, not Douglas. He said the GM and Adam Gase stating he wanted to be here. And then the GM went around his back and started shopping him to different teams. Yeah, and remember a few months ago, or maybe not even a few months ago, about a month ago, 
he started following certain players on Twitter right, and, he unfollowed and social the media. And he supposedly unfollowed the Jets, even though he says he never right. had him followed to begin with because right. he was already there. I don't know. But he even stated then, he goes, I want to be here. Right. I want to be in New York. He said it then. There wasn't a maybe, I don't know, yeah, I'm trying to get traded. I'm trying no. something else. No, he said, I want to be here. I want to help this team rebuild. And he is a tremendously talented player. He's the kind of player, if you have him as your core on defense, you can get other good players to come in and play alongside of him. Right. And you're going to try to trade him for what? So two first-round picks and a third-round pick? What's that going to do for you? No, there's no there's no way at the, mid, at, at the midnight hour oh, no, but they, I mean, get, they get that for him. At, at, but that's know. what they would expect. They would expect. Yeah, they would, that's what they would want. Right. But you're not going to get that. But he hasn't had the continued success that a Ramsey has had. He's a tremendous player. Right. But Jalen Ramsey has proven elite time and time again. And oh, Wasn't he defensive, player, defensive rookie of the year in his rookie season? Yes. But – that was one year. Right, okay. I don't know. He's very, very good. I'm not saying he's not good. Even great. Yeah, he is great, actually. I should rephrase that. But he's not Jalen Ramsey. No. And yet, he could be. Could end up being that kind of player. Absolutely. But I think if they got like a first and maybe a second the following year for him. But again, I, I still wouldn't trade him. No. Why? This team just cannot get out of its own way. Right. They drafted Adams three years ago. We're thrilled to have him. Tremendously talented player, like I've said about five times already in this in this yeah. this segment. And then following year, you draft Sam Darnold, and you yeah. say we have our offensive and defensive centerpieces in place. Right. You can't keep a game plan going that keeps Sam Darnold consistent. You can't, although he can't apparently not get mono and miss six weeks so right. whatever that whatever that's worth and now you're going to try to trade your one really good defensive player oh by the way the day after you traded your first round pick from the year before you drafted him what is going on in this organization what is going on around this league it, 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 where you can have a good play the Dolphins did the same thing with Minka Fitzpatrick I think I think the Dolphins direction is clear they're tanking for Tua the Jets is so murky. Like, what are you doing? You're gonna trade. You're gonna trade. You're gonna trade Bell, Jamal Adams, and they tried it to trade Robbie Anderson, but you're gonna keep Sam Darnold. Oh well, he's our franchise quarterback. Well, what are these other guys? Right, exactly. You just signed Bell, and you're gonna you're gonna trade him, and want and tell every other free agent down the road, don't come to the Jets. We're just gonna trade you. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. It just sends a poor message all around. You can be a super talented player, want to be here, we'll trade you. You can be a prize-free agent, we pay you all the money, we're going to trade you. Like Players go to teams in free agency not only for the money, but for the stability of knowing they're going to be in a certain market for so long, their family will be there for so long. And this isn't, oh, you know, boo-hoo, feel bad for the guys making millions of dollars, but... That's why the players go to teams long-term. They want to know where they're going to be. They want to know where their kids are going to go to school, where you know they're going to be with their family for the next you know four to seven years. And if you think you have that stability and you're just going to get traded six months later, no one's going to go. No. And I, I could, I, if I was a free agent, this has nothing to do with being a Patriots fan. This is looking at it objectively if I was a – if I was an NFL player saying, well, I'm not going to go to that team. 
you're going to bring me in as a free agent, and then as soon as things get tough, I'm gone? Nah, I'm good. I'm going to go play somewhere else. And (laughs) speaking of underperforming anything, I can't hear the word underperforming without thinking of one Joe Flacco. Didn't he have an impressive game this weekend? No, but if you talk to him, uh, he has all the answers. He does. Even though he can't hit open receivers. Right. He can't maintain a drive. Correct. Despite the fact Cortland Sutton is incredibly talented. Right. They have a very good young tight end. Yeah. A respectable offensive line. Yes. Not great, but respectable. And two extremely talented running backs. I think there's there's pieces there. There's pieces there. Just not at the quarterback position. Well, I mean, the, the Broncos only have themselves to blame. Because they decided to trade for him. Sure. But he's going to come out and say he didn't understand why the offense kind of – they just kind of conceded on offense and just punted the ball away and didn't try to go for the win. It's like, what are you going to do? You're not doing anything. You just showcased against Kansas City the week before that you couldn't do anything productive against them. And they have a paper-thin defense, and their backup quarterback was in the game. And you couldn't do anything. You were getting sacked left and right. And now you're going to come out after this game and just say, well, I don't know why we didn't go for the win. You didn't go for the win because you can't move the offense. Hey, Joe Flacco, your team didn't go for the win because Joe Flacco is their quarterback. That's why. You are terrible. I don't know how you're still even in the league. You couldn't hit water falling out of a boat. You are... Probably, you're definitely the worst veteran starting quarterback in the league. Yeah. By far. Just, and for him to actually sit there and, and question why his team didn't go for the win and try to push it downfield, because you can't. He, could, he couldn't push it down the field if he tried. You can't do anything. And if Drew Locke was healthy right now, he'd be playing. I would hope so. But now he's... He's now might go on the IR with a neck injury. Might, because they're not sure if they're going to do it yet, but they've already stated that some guy named Brandon Allen starting this weekend for the Broncos. And I would take him over Joe Flacco. Right. I know nothing about this guy. I've never seen him play. He could be the most inaccurate quarterback in the history of the NCAA, and I would take him over Joe Flacco. Because Joe at least there's a chance you can teach this guy how to play quarterback. Joe Flacco is done. He was done two years before he left Baltimore. True. And speaking on another inept quarterback, Andy Dalton got lost his job. Now he's not injured. He just lost his job to a rookie. I mean, that'll happen when you can't win a game At with all. immense talent around you. Yes. Like, that's the perplexing thing about Cincinnati is they they have all these weapons. Even yeah. with A.J. Green out, they have all these weapons. And they can't do anything – to win a game. Like, they would be, my rating, as far as bad teams, they would be the top at one of the most talented bad teams in the league. And they just can't get out of their own way because, again, at the quarterback position, Andy Dalton is no good. And I said they should trade him uh, before the trading deadline to Kansas City. I retract that statement because he's still he's even he's gotten even worse. 
He had an opportunity to win the game last week, this past weekend. Didn't do it. Yeah, didn't he throw like a key interception or had a turnover? Yep. Yeah. An inexplicable pass also. Like, there's there's no reason for him to do. No rhyme or reason. Choose the play he chose. He is just bad. Yeah. And you wonder why, because you see him play. And sometimes he, he can, he has from time to time looked really good. Yeah, he's got shades. But he's just too inconsistent. Like, that was, that, that, I think that score was in the 20s, so he can move the offense. It's just not consistent. And then when, again, come down to crunch time, where are you at? Because he's, he's got no wins in the playoffs. No. I think I, I think it pulled no. his uh, numbers. He had, like, one or two touchdowns to, like, nine interceptions in about four or five games in the playoffs. And he just got awful. They should trade. You know what they should do in the offseason? The Bears yeah. should trade for Andy Dalton and Joe Flacco. Interesting. And keep Trubisky. Interesting. Because they seem to love playing quarterbacks who cannot get the job done for them. Interesting. Is there a fight in um, uh, training camp? Like who? Oh, between them? the most inept? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. And the, the one that's most inept gets the starting job, right? Well, the one who's most inept is actually the coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy. Oh, what's wrong with Matt Nagy? Uh, everything. You want to start from the top? I mean, we're trying to keep this to a reasonably timed episode, but, so, I mean, we can do that if so. you want. Yeah. No, he's – the Bears' biggest problem is their head coach. And Mitchell Trubisky is not great. However, at least with some kind of competent representation of leadership, he might be able to feign being an NFL quarterback. And he can't even do that now with Matt Nagy because mm-hmm. who's our best – well, yeah, I don't want to say best player on offense because I think that's Allen Robinson. What gives us the best chance to win? Exactly what you saw this weekend. Mm-hmm. Give the ball to David Montgomery – Mix in your backup once in a while. You don't want right. to wear the kid out. Right. Ran the ball what twenty seven times for a buck thirty five and a touchdown. Yeah. Threw in a few passes. Yep. Guy was phenomenal all yep. day. Did everything Absolutely. they asked him to do. And right before the half, right after a fifty five yard run, mind you, what happens? Multiple penalties that give them first downs. First and ten, or first and goal. First and goal inside. I want to say it was inside the one. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because there was a pass interference penalty in the yep. end zone, I believe. What do they do? They try to pass it because if there's one thing you want, it's Mitchell Trubisky passing in close quarters. Yeah, that makes Not. sense. The worst play possible. Yep. Then they get up quickly without time to form a play, try to run it, lose a couple of yards. Yep. Then he has to get up and spike it so he can kick a field goal because they just can't have any kind of game plan. For every situation. You watch any good team around this league, the Saints, even the 49ers, and I only say even them because they weren't so great last year. They were right. kind of new to this. But with good coaching and game plan, you know what to do in certain situations. Yep. The Patriots. Uh, I mean, even even teams like the Colts who are kind of on the rise again. Yeah. I'd say Doug Peterson knows what, he, uh, knows what he's doing in Philly. Yes. Because he's, I mean, he won the game, the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Matt Lafleur. He's got potential. 
But, I mean, at least he's stopped the Aaron Rodgers waterworks for blaming everybody around there, which, I mean, takes a mastermind in and of itself. And they're not trying to throw the ball 60 times a game. Exactly. I'd say Pete Carroll up in Seattle. Yeah, Pete Carroll, absolutely. I mean, he he got fooled by by old Bill once in the Super Bowl, but otherwise, you know, he's – He's one of those guys who's ready for situations, and and he's he's one of those guys who sees a situation, and then he'll think about what the play, what the other guy's going to try to do, and he'll counter that situation. So there's there's a group of them that that have that concept, but Nagy, I mean, he's pulled down because he's got Trubisky, but Trubisky's being pulled down because he's got Nagy. So it's like, I'd say it's more Trubisky being pulled down because he has Nagy. I think it's like they're they're pulling each other down. If you give Trubisky someone who could help develop him, yeah, he he has potential. He might have been one of those quarterbacks that could have used the year to sit. Yeah, but he wasn't going to get that. Mahom, Chicago. Mahom, There's no Mahom way. Mahomes had his first season. Yeah, he did, with the exception of like week seventeen, I think. So, you know, I mean, they had Alex Smith in front of him, so that. Would lead me not to have uh, you know him be able to start, but I mean it would have been it would have behooved Chicago to just kind of maybe sit him the first year and just kind of like learn how to take snaps from under center and learn how to be a professional quarterback. But but then you have the flip side, Sam Donald. I mean, who knows where he would be at if he played the entire year this year so it's it's it, it's both of them it's Nagy and Trubisky they're pulling each other down and you almost need them to separate well the thing is too is, is Nagy's already stated no matter how bad Mitchell Trubisky has performed and right. he's been awful he's still the starter right. despite the fact when Trubisky was hurt two weeks ago and the backup stepped in for him they actually scored points they lost to the Raiders, but they score points. Well, they were so far behind because Trubisky couldn't command the offense. Yeah. But they actually scored because the backup did a respectable job. Well, Chase Daniels is not – he's not a starting quarterback, but he's a fairly competent backup quarterback. He's been around the league multiple years. Which proves the point. If the backup can come in and do a better job than the starter, yeah, maybe the starter shouldn't be a starter. That's true. And – the way Matt Nagy not only handled the end of that game, but then afterwards just essentially threw his team under the bus and said, well, we couldn't do this because they can't do that. We we couldn't we couldn't have run because they would have lost yards, really. Because your young stud running back, who you brought in to be the guy, yeah. are you 135 yards on the ground and did everything you asked him to do all day? And you're telling me if you stack 10 guys on that line or nine guys on that line and try to run – Straight ahead. You have such little faith in your running game that you're just not even going to try. And that's what you're telling your team. Well, he, he had zero thought of running. Yeah. Well, he had zero thought in general. It's true. It's an empty space up there. Well, I think we uh, we got to dive into the trading deadline. Yeah, not a lot happened today. Not but a today, lot, no. A few days beforehand were right. pretty eventful. There's a lot of rumors. I mean, there was a ton of rumors. On top of the the Jets' apparent fire sale, 
Uh, you had the rumors about Tyler Efert going to New England that kept getting kicked around and never materialized. I didn't like that one anyways. I'm, I'm glad it didn't happen. Adrian Green went nowhere. That doesn't surprise me with his injuries. Uh, Darius Slay didn't go anywhere. Apparently they were asking for a lot. They wanted, uh, what was I think it was, not Jalen Ramsey type return, but close. Oof. Trent Williams didn't go anywhere, and they were, again, another team that's been asking for the moon because they, well, they're also principled. Their, their GM is a principal stand that they shouldn't have to trade a player because he's upset with their medical staff. Yeah, because when I think of principles and all that is right in the world, I think of a Washington Redskins management. Yeah. Um, who else? Who else was looking to get traded? I think that was all that was really on the top of the list. Uh, Tlaib got traded to Miami. Now, first when I looked at it, it said I thought it said Tlaib got traded for a fifth round pick. I'm like, what in God's name are the Miami Dolphins doing? I looked at it again. It was Tlaib and a fifth going to Miami for undisclosed pick coming back. I'm like. Essentially, what that does is it saves the Rams cap money, so they can they can resign the players, including Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. And the Dolphins have room to eat that cap money right now, and and they get the fifth round pick. Right. So essentially, the Rams said to the Dolphins, "Hey, will you pay four million dollars for this fifth round pick?" And the Dolphins were like, "Yeah, why not?" Yeah. Who would they do that with? Who would they do that with in the off season? Trying the Dolphins. To, yeah, they tried. They traded. They. They acquired somebody in the offseason. I read it earlier. I can't think of it right now. But they acquired somebody, and they got a draft pick with it to eat money, or they sent somebody. What's well, exactly what the Browns did with, uh, well, that's, you know, with and the that, Texans and, and Brock Osweiler a few years ago. Didn't they was, trade Osweiler and a second-round pick? Yeah. 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 That's my, essentially my point is that the Dolphins are doing what the Browns did. They're, right. They're acquiring assets, and they're – Taking on salary cap to acquire assets so they can maybe this this draft in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one make that their draft. Like the Browns made it their draft essentially two years in a row. Because you had the draft before Baker with Denzel Ward and and actually that was Denzel Ward and I'm sorry, Denzel and Baker were in the same draft. But try to find that draft that you want the players in and go for it in that draft. And that's what they're trying to do, which is I don't like, but I, I, I get it and I see a clear path. Whereas some other teams are just, what are you guys doing? Because you don't know what you're doing. You have all this talent, but you have no direction and your offense stinks. Oh, yeah. I.e. Bengals. Jets. Broncos. I mean, you saw that game Bears. last night. You saw that game on Monday night. Yep. Last night for us, depending when you're listening to it, could be a few days I mean, ago. Uh, th- it was awful. They got a fourteen nothing, and then they were like, "Oh, this, this is this is too much." And now we, now we might we might not uh, well, the be able call. to get to uh, if we don't tank to an, the uh, fo- enough. The phone call was made, right? Had to have been from no, the, the phone call was made. <laughs> had to have been from uh, the management to Brian Flores. Like, hey, uh, let's stop scoring here. We uh, we don't want to lose our first overall pick. Yeah. I, uh, just because it's so obvious and, and blatant what they're doing. Yes. I hope the Bengals go 0-16. I have no ill will towards Cincinnati. It's not that. So if, if you're hearing me, don't don't think I'm trying to knock the Bengals. I would just love the Dolphins and Bengals to both go 0-16. 
Because then it comes down to a coin flip. Oh, that's so precious. And it would be great if the Bengals, who from all accounts, unless this backup who's taken over for Dalton ends up being really good, you never know. By all accounts, there will be in the market for a quarterback in the sure. offseason. Yeah. Because they're not going to bench Dalton and then just bring him back as a starter. That's not how it works. Like, they have they have to know this is it for him and Cincinnati. Yeah, they'll cut ties with him. Yeah. And they're gonna, they, I mean, you kind of have to. Wouldn't it be great, though? If the Dolphins lose the coin flip, <laughs> Cincinnati gets the first overall pick, <laughs> yep. takes Tua, yep. he goes on to be a massive star, and they tank the entire season for nothing. That wouldn't happen, though. Because they have five first-round picks, and they would throw three of them at, yes, they would. at the Bengals, who, if I were them, I would jump at it and then go sign Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. I would, too. You held on to A.J. Green. You held on to Tyler Eifert, although he's on a one-year deal. You held on to him, so maybe he resigns. You have this back, a uh, decent backup tight end, um, Uzmov. I think that's how he pronounced it. Um, you still have Joe Mixon. You still have Gio Bernard. You have John Ross if he ever comes back from his injury. Tyler Boyd still. So you have pieces. If you go get Teddy and, and you dangle that in front of Miami and say, Give us your tether. Give us your first round picks this year and next year. And here's Tua. It might be legalized theft, but I would do it if I was Cincinnati. I would oh, hold absolutely. it hostage. I would hold it hostage and say, if you don't give us your picks, Tua's going to be a bangle. Sorry. Yeah. And I would do that because apparently the Dolphins are starve. Craving for Tua. And here's the thing. Even if the Bengals were to go out and get a Bridgewater, a Teddy Bridgewater in free agency, as good as Teddy did do in Drew Brees' absence, he's not going to get a 10-year contract. It's no. not going to be a monster. I, maybe a two- or three-year deal. And then, and the backup is though the backup that's starting for Cincinnati, he's a rookie this year. Oh, oh right, right. right. Yeah, Finley. exactly. Right. So you still yeah. have him under contract. So you bring in Teddy. As the grizzled veteran that can actually do something. They can, with the other talent around you, do better than Dalton could do. Yes. And you bring Finley along, and you see what you have after, what, two, like you said, two, three-year contract with Teddy. And Teddy's only 26. I think he's only 26, so he'll be 27 next year. See what you see what you got in Teddy. See what you got in Finley. And you, you decide after two, three seasons where you go. If he makes it to the playoffs, he's already done better. What he's already he's already matched what Dalton did. So if he makes the playoffs and wins a game, he's now the savior of Cincinnati. And here's the thing with with, with the Bengals: even if they draft Tua, it could end up being like a Giants and Eli Manning situation back in '04. Yeah, when Eli said, "I'm not playing for anybody but New York," and they had the fourth pick, and Chargers took Eli first, and then they ended up getting uh, uh, Rivers. They ended up getting Rivers, so the Giants drafted Rivers, and then they traded. Yep. And I believe, I don't remember exactly what else they got with it, but the Giants also had to trade something else. Yeah, I don't remember what it is either. Off the and top I believe it was another pick. Probably was. But you could end up having a situation like that where they say, well, we have two in now, so if you want them, that's going to be two first-round picks. Then I don't think... I don't think the players – I mean, that was a special situation. You're talking about that situation, and I think, what was it? 
It was was it Marino that it wasn't Marino that stonewalled. Who was the quarterback in the eighties that Elway. Was it Elway? It was Elway, yeah. Right, because he threatened to go play baseball. Yeah. So those are special situations. So I don't think you're gonna have like like Tua doesn't seem like that kind of person. He's like he's like Kyler Murray and and, and well, Baker I mean, and, <laughs> and all them that just they're gonna come in, they're gonna get drafted by their team, and they're gonna be happy with whatever team. You know, the Eli Mannings and, and the John Elways there those are like special situations that the family the, the family that's part of the, the part of the decision makes those situations occur. So Right, and I'm only laughing because I mean, if Tua is going to – I want to play anywhere. I'm going to go play with the Bengals or the Dolphins. Whereas, I mean, Eli, yeah, the, the Giants weren't great when Eli got drafted, but it's playing in New York. It's playing on the biggest stage you can play in as far as eyeballs that are going to be on right. you. <laughs> no, Tua's not going to go from uh, college and being like, oh, I have to play in Cincinnati, Ohio. Right. But I would say even – I would say out of the 32 teams – 30 of them, you would say that they're major markets that no matter where you go, you're going to be, you know, be able to make your money, not just in football, but outside of football. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, right now the the Chargers, you're kind of in flux because you don't know where they're really going to yeah. be. And then the Raiders, their move, they're going to Vegas, so you don't really know what that's going to be because – Vegas doesn't have a, a fan base, really. It's about people coming in from out of town. So I don't know what uh, the Vegas Golden Knights numbers are for attendance, but they've been in the playoffs. They've, they've been in existence for like four years, and they've been in the playoffs every year. Last year they were a Stanley Cup favorite. The year before they were in the Stanley Cup. Again, this year they're a Stanley Cup favorite. So you almost think that it, maybe it'll be – Good, but I don't. I don't know. That's why the, there's a, like the only two teams I would say I'm not sure about yeah. their fan base. The, all the other teams, even Cincinnati, you're still going to get your publicity. You're still going to get your ads. You're still going to get your money, your shoe deals, your jerseys, all that. So at this point, I don't think you know a player's going to be able to hold up a team. But if I'm Cincinnati, just dangle that right that carrot yeah, right in for front, sure. of them. especially if that pick, if they get, if Miami gets one win. That pick potential can go from two to uh, I think we looked at it like almost five, and now you're just talking about you have no choice. You can't even make the argument. Oh well, we have the second pick, so you can only. I'm only going to give you two first round picks. If you drop down to four, five, you have no choice. You're going to have to surrender all your first round picks if you want to. Which personally, if that happens, I don't do. No, not at all. There's there's enough talent. You can draft another quarterback and develop them and then take some really, really good players, great players even, especially defensive players. You're going to have to rebuild your defense. The best player in um, – and we'll potentially do a draft show leading up to the draft and on draft day. We haven't decided that yet. The best player is Chase Young out of Ohio State. <laughs> But he is the best player. Right. Uh, he's a defensive end. He's a beast. I don't. Do they think... just grow a dominant defensive yeah, end at yeah, Ohio State? It's, uh, it's not. I think he's the talent level. I don't think it's Vernon Golston. I think it's going to be more translate to a um, Joey Bosa. 
Well, like talent wise, you told me that I would take it in a heartbeat. Uh, talent wise, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, like, I don't think he's got. I don't know if he's got the same built as Joey Bosa. He's. I think he's a little taller, a little leaner. We'll get into that down the road, but yeah. If I get the second pick and I'm Miami and they want to hold me hostage for four first round picks, I say screw you. I'm taking Chase Young. I'm taking either Jerry from Alabama. I'm taking Lamb from. Oklahoma, I'm grabbing a couple other players, and I'm going up to Teddy as soon as the league opens and say, Teddy, here's a three-year deal. Oh, absolutely. And I I can't even think of what numbers I put on it, but 15, 20, say, here, sign that. And now you're our quarterback, and we have Preston Williams. We have Mark Walton. We have Kalen Balaj, We have Gasicki, who is a highly talented tight end that they drafted last year. And he's doing pretty good with – Fitzpatrick, and now you draft a wide receiver and whatever else you get, and then you beef up the offensive line. Now you're now you're changing an 0 and 16 team to 500, and then when I know this is blasphemy, so I apologize to all my fellow Patriot fans. When Tom Brady moves on, there will be a, a Tom Brady will play forever. <laughs> There will be a coming down off of the, the the gap between the Patriots and then the Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Jets, and Bills. Picture this, all non-Patriots fans. Tom Brady retires. Bill Belichick retires. And then Bill Belichick's son starts coaching the team and finds the next Tom Brady, and you have 25 more years of this. That would be horrifying. Sorry, guys. Horrifying Sorry. for the league. That would be horrifying. <laughs> I, I want to be a bit of a jerk there. Um, No, but you're totally right there. Yeah, I mean, it won't always be that disparity from the top to the bottom. Right. I mean, it will It will eventually. If know, they get the first no pick. No one stays on top forever. And if they get the first pick, okay. You want Tua, go fine. Draft Tua. But if you don't get the first pick. And Cincinnati holds you hostage. Like, they're going to find out real quick after the season's over which pick they're going to have. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, especially if especially if they have one win and everyone else has, like, two, three wins and for some reason Cincinnati's sitting at zero, now you know you have the second pick. So you decide, okay, well, we need to do our research because we've done research for, like, three years on Tua. We need to now do research on player X, Y, Z that we're potentially going to take. And then we need to come up with plans outside of that. So that way we can decide what's Cincinnati going to take, what's it going to take for us to move up to Cincinnati spot. And if we don't want to do that, then we have plan B. We do this, 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 and this. Because if you go into the, you go in the offseason saying. With one plan. With one plan. Yeah. We're going to get to it no matter what. Then. Brian Flores, I'm sorry. I love what you're doing. I love the intensity. I love. I loved his anger last night. He's not long for the job if that's what the GM and the front office is going to do. Which is a shame, but it's not. It's not his fault. But that's not how the league works. So, and I don't know how we got on that hand, uh, off on that tangent, but uh, well, we started talking about trades, <laughs> and then I am disappointed in two teams. Who's that? I want to. I wanted to touch on this before we uh, we got off. I'm disappointed in Houston. Why is that? They didn't pick up a corner or a defense alignment, especially before J.J. I thought they needed one before J.J. Watt got injured and is out for the season. They definitely need one now, and they didn't get anything. 
here's the thing. What draft picks do they have left to trade? That's the problem. They traded all this stuff for Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. And is is let me ask you, is Deshaun Watson um safe against that offense you know, with that offensive line? I mean, he's been better than he was beginning of the season. But but that's not saying a lot because right. I mean the guy couldn't stay upright the first four to five games of the season. They have been better. So whether that's just matchup or They've actually gelled as a unit and become better. It's possible. Who knows? And hopefully for the health of Deshaun Watson, it's oh. the latter. But, I mean, still not great. But, no, I mean, no. you can't go out and trade. You you can't go trade two first-round picks, and I believe they traded like a fourth or fifth round with that, for Laramie Tunsil. You can't do that. And then, what, you give up your second-round picks? You give up, I mean, what do you do? You can't, you can't. You, you have, can't make Ditka this and give away an entire draft. Right. I mean, you need to build through the draft also on top of free agency and trades. They, they couldn't do anything. Well, then it's their own fault for, oh, not, totally, 100%. for not drafting offensive linemen. Correctly. It's 100% their own fault. I'm just saying they, their hands were tied. They couldn't do anything else. I was disappointed that New England didn't get an offensive lineman. I thought they needed a tackle to improve. And if Isaiah Wynn comes back, I guess that'll be an improvement. But... Isaiah Wynn will come back to block Tom Brady's blind side down the playoff stretch. And that'll be so. a huge improvement. And speaking of improvements, we are always looking to improve, so we'd love to hear from you. Whether you do or don't like the show, we are on Facebook at Ben and Chris Talk Football. Yep. We are also on Twitter. What's that handle, Ben? Uh, ben Chris Talk F-O-1. Uh, if you have any comments, thoughts, Suggestions, anything, anything you want to you want to throw in there. To either one of us, feel free to uh, leave us a message. Yep. Or just a comment on the page. We both check it frequently. Ben is a little more active than I am, but I'm more than happy to answer questions and talk to you guys as well. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Again, we always love to hear your feedback. Yep. And we will, at least for the time being, still continue to post the show on Facebook. 